Good evening and welcome to Monsters Among Us. I'm your guide, Derek Hayes. I've got an awesome show set up for you guys this evening. I was very happy to receive quite a few calls this week. I really appreciate everyone that took the time to call in and hope that many more follow suit. Now before we get started, I wanted to mention that I still need calls about your hometown. I've had several callers submit already, but in order to make the season's finale a great one, we need more submissions. So if your town or area has a story, think the Jersey Devil of the Pine Barrens, the Goat Man of Louisville, the Dover Demon of Dover, Mass., or even a famous UFO crash like the one in Aztec, New Mexico. Please take five minutes to submit the tale. For those wondering what a call should sound like, I'm looking for something simple. A couple minutes explaining what the legend is and where it came from, followed by any experiences you or someone you know might have had with the legend. The latter part is not a requirement by any means. I'd just like to share as many legends as possible. The deadline for calls is fast approaching, so please, call today. Alright, what do you say we get started? Sometimes you find yourself in a situation that unbeknownst to you, has become dire. An innocent swim becomes life or death. A leisured walk takes a turn for the worse, or a simple legend trip quickly turns sinister. The latter is exactly what happened to our first caller. This is Jake's call. Hi, my name's Jake. I'm from Iowa. I'm going to tell a story that happened probably 12 years ago. Uh, me and my girlfriend at the time would always go to these haunted locations across Iowa. And that was kind of our hobby. So we'd go to all these cemeteries. And the short of it was nothing ever really happened when we were out there. But this around Halloween... And my friend and his girlfriend, they were wanting to do something crazy or scary, I guess. And we didn't want to do the haunted houses like normal that we've done before. So we're like, hey, we went to this place. It's about an hour and a half away, you know. So they seemed down. So we took the trip, the hour and a half trip. And a good hour of it is just nothing. You just drive and 
you know, it's just fields and you're, you know, you're in the middle of nowhere. So we go off and we're on the hard, the hard cement or whatever. And it turns into a dirt road where the cemetery that Tedrow cemetery and it's an old pioneer cemetery. And so we take a right down this dirt road. It's level B. The thing about it, it's just so not traveled. It's, you have two feet of grass in the middle of it and we're in a Ford focus. And so we, ha- you know, we drive probably four or five miles down this road and then we take a right and it heads off into the cemetery, but there's just timber all the way around. It's just woods and it's dark and, you know, it's really clear out. You have good moonshine. You could see everything, but in those woods, it was just so dark, you know, it just kind of blotted everything out. We pulled up to this cemetery which kind of comes into a cul-de-sac a dirt cul-de-sac and there's a fire just raging this isn't like dwindling it's it's a fresh fire so at this time the better part of ourselves like hey let's get out of here so we turn around and we head back down and we take a left back onto the dirt road where you know the grass is two feet up and there's a car coming and we see it, and we're like, that's really weird. We're in the middle of nowhere. There's not even houses where we're at. And as soon as they pass us, the lights shut off from the car. Like, okay, that's really weird. So we keep driving. 30 seconds later, here comes another car rolling over this hill. As soon as it passes us, the lights shut off. So we're obviously really concerned. I turn around to look as my girlfriend's driving and we see the taillights of them. It looks like they're, you know, doing a three-point turn to turn around. So, like, we start going faster and faster down this dirt road and a little Ford Focus with four of us in there. And all of a sudden, lights turn on behind us. It's this car that passed us, and so we keep going faster and faster, and they keep trying to get next to us, and run us off the road and flashing lights and just the other it was just it was just terrifying so we are going probably 80 90 miles an hour down this dirt road and this people are trying to run us off and finally they turn off well we we got home and you know we're all still very terrified at the time and uh, that night i go to sleep and I'd always sleep with the TV on the news. And so I'd wake up in the news and the same situation happened to a gentleman who's in Williamson, Iowa at a cemetery passed and it was a black mass and people in black robes just worshiping or doing whatever they're doing. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's my story, so thanks. Thank you, Jake. Listening to your story, I thought the same thing you did. It sounds like you interrupted some sort of ritual or gathering. But taking a step back, I realized it could be as simple as a groundsworker burning some brush. But wanting to understand both possibilities, I did a little digging, and as it turns out, there was a killing in a cemetery in Polk County, Iowa, near the time of your experience. 
The following is a snippet taken from an MSNBC article released on September 16th of 2006. A report released by the Polk County Medical Examiner says that 18-year-old Matthew Stegman died from multiple stab wounds. He also suffered blunt force trauma to the head, arms, and chest. Now, police say his murder may be tied to some sort of devil worship. Des Moines Police Sergeant Todd Dykstra said, What investigators believe or know is that some type of ritual was performed prior to the homicide. That ritual was possibly performed by the five people police arrested and charged with first-degree murder. All five were arrested at the same Des Moines apartment building earlier this week. Police wouldn't disclose if it was what they found or what suspects told them that led them to believe this homicide could be tied to satanic worship. They also could not elaborate on the details of the ritual. Police did say the five people in custody planned to lure Stegman to the cemetery. Friends of Matt Stegman said they knew the five alleged killers and that they said they even heard some of them talk about devil worship in the past. But they said Stegman, however, was not involved in any of that. I could not find any definitive proof that the killing was satanic in nature, but I did find that one of the accused, trench coat Terry Williams, was found guilty of Matthew's murder and sentenced to life in prison. I will also add that I am not a big believer in all the satanic panic claims. I remember hearing about them when I was a kid, and looking back now, I realize the majority of what I heard was bogus at best. So take all of this with a big grain of salt. Thank you, Jake, for sharing your story. I'm very glad to hear that you and your friends made it home safely that day. The submitter of our next story asked to remain anonymous, so I'll leave her name out, but here is her submission. Three years ago, I was visiting New York City from overseas with my parents, brother, and daughter, who was four months old at the time. We were just hanging out at our hotel at Times Square when I asked everyone if they'd like to join me and go on a walk to Central Park to check it out. My mom declined and offered to babysit my daughter while my brother and dad went out. So off we went on our walk, chatting along the way. We had been walking for about 10 or 15 minutes when my dad stopped outside at a really tiny convenience store. It was almost a hole-in-the-wall type store that sold cigarettes and drinks, maybe lottery tickets, stuff like that. Anyway, my dad said to us he'd be right out, so we waited outside, standing to the left of the entrance, when my brother lit up a cigarette. Me, hating smoke, told him to get out of my face and stand away from me on the other side of the door. So there we were, flanking the door to the store, watching people at the bus stop right in front of the shop as we chatted amongst ourselves. We had been waiting ten minutes, and our dad still had not come out. I went in to find him and couldn't see him. I walked to the back of the store and couldn't see a way out, no back door. I asked the shopkeeper if he had seen my dad, describing his hair, his clothes, and all that, but the guy looked at me like I was weird and said he didn't know what I was talking about, said he hadn't seen him. So I started thinking my dad was trying to play a joke on us kids and had snuck out somehow, but also wondering how he could get past the front door without us seeing him walk out. I became worried and called my mom at the hotel and asked if dad had gone back, but she said he hadn't and she'd get him to call us when he did. On hearing that, we decided to just walk to the park ourselves and then head back. We had been walking for about five minutes, stopping for the light to cross the street, when we saw my dad on the opposite side of the street, looking red-faced, really angry and shouting, waving his arms angrily and yelling out, Where the f*** were you? I've been looking everywhere for you. In some ways, it was a bit comical because everyone on his side of the street was so deadpanned. 
They just took a step away from him and were not fussed by him yelling and looking like a crazy person at all. Anyway, when we got to him, he was really angry, saying he had walked out of the shop and my brother and I weren't there. That he had even walked all the way down to Central Park hoping to catch up with us and was on his way back to the hotel. We were all just in disbelief. How was my dad able to walk right past us without either one of us noticing him or him noticing us? My brother and I were standing on each side of the store entrance, facing each other, talking while we were waiting. How come when I went in, I couldn't see him or a way out the back? Why did he say my brother and I weren't there when he walked out? I really don't know how to explain how strange this was. Is this some time slip? I don't know, aliens? I'd love to know if anyone else has had this experience. Thank you for your submission. This is intriguing. Assuming that your father didn't somehow slip out while the two of you had your backs turned, I have no other explanation for this other than what you suggested. A time slip. For those that aren't familiar, a time slip is a momentary and accidental shift in time and space. So in other words, it's a few moments of time travel. To give you a better idea of what time slip actually is, I pulled the following story from YouTube user Curious World. Pay attention here. In 1993, Alf and Eileen Roberts were on holiday in Dunster in the English county of Somerset. After a day out, they got into their car and headed back to their hotel. It was 7.30 when they found themselves lost in a village called Bampton. The picturesque village was pleasing to the eye with a display of flowers on the village green, accompanied by a wooden plaque which read, Best Kept Village of 1976. Although impressed by the village's floral display, they thought no more of it, continuing their journey and eventually finding their hotel in nearby Dunster. The next day, Alf and Eileen returned to Bampton to take photos of the flower display they had seen the day before. But they were shocked to find a bare village green in place of the flowers, with no sign of the plaque boasting Best Kept Village. In fact, on further inspection, the Roberts noticed that the entire village's appearance had changed considerably. During the filming of a 1995 episode of the television series Strange But True, they stated that when they had left Bampton, the time had not changed on their watches. It remained 7.30 even though they had been in the village for some time. It was as if time had stood still. Eileen Roberts said it seemed as though it was the same village but in a different time. On further investigation when they arrived home after their trip, they discovered that the village of Bampton had in fact been awarded the title of Best Kept Village in 1976. These are not the only reports of time slips. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Do a little search online and you will quickly realize there are hundreds, if not thousands, of reported instances. Thank you again for your submission, and if anyone else has experienced anything similar, please reach out, let me know. Thanks again for your submission. Our next call comes to us from the state of Florida. This is Fernando's call. Hello, uh, my name is Fernando and I live in Florida and I'm going to tell you something about a object I saw in the night sky a while back with my father. It was around 2009, I would have been about 18. It was right before I went off to college and uh, it was late at night, it was around 10 or so. I was with my mom and dad at the house and my brother too 
And my mom was like, you know what? I could go for a late snack. And not quite a midnight snack, obviously. Something late. So my dad and I get in the car. And we drive off to the only crystal in the area. We live in Pensacola, and there's like one in the area. And we're going there to get some food on our way back. We're driving down Bower Road, a dark highway that had, at the time, no lights, no intersections, a long, long stretch, probably about seven or eight miles, a uh, road of kind of just foresty area, a little bit of development, and uh, it's a relatively clear night. Uh, we could see the stars, a uh, few clouds, not much, though. And my dad and I are kind of silent. We would talk occasionally as we're listening to some music, driving down the road. And we both see something that I see as, like, a black dot. It's just it's darker than the night sky. You can see this dot clearly against the kind of purpley blackness of the sky. And we see it moving across the sky at kind of a diagonal angle towards the ground. And we see it for about two, three seconds before it just suddenly lights up. There's a flash. We both see it flash bright blue and I see it as like a it's like a big crescent almost like a crescent moon but blue and it was much larger than it had been when we saw it as just a dot and it keeps moving on in the same heading same kind of direction towards the ground it's pretty high up in the sky but it looks like it's eventually going to just go straight in the ground or disappear into the horizon I guess depending on what angle it's really going uh, we were driving due south down this road so it would have been going like kind of a south west direction, I guess, but uh, it keeps moving at pretty slow speed, honestly. It, wasn't, it didn't look like it was moving that fast. It was moving, though, and after a moment, it sort of condenses in. Uh, the blue crescent shrinks inward, becomes more of a, a blue dot again, and it just suddenly is gone. It zooms into nothingness. It just, we don't, it doesn't even, like, get into the tree line or close to the ground it's just it's gone before it's anywhere close and we were both quiet for a moment my dad goes did you see that and I was like yeah what was that and my dad goes I think we saw a UFO and we're both quiet for a moment and we're not really sure if it was a UFO or not but my dad tells me that he learned somewhere later that it may have been some sort of secret aurora project some sort of jet that has some sort of propulsion system that's high-tech. Kind of crazy, though. Anyways, that's my story. Thanks. Thank you, Fernando. Your description is quite interesting and one I've not heard before, though I have read similar accounts. My first observation is that Florida is a hotbed for UFO sightings. According to MUFON, which is the Mutual UFO Network, Florida ranks only behind California for reported UFO sightings within the U.S., so I guess you could say you're in good company. As for your sighting, my first thought was that you were simply seeing a blimp, such as the Goodyear blimp, and here's why I'm saying this. When I was a kid, I remember seeing a massive darkened oval creeping over the tree line. It was darker than the night sky and seemed to black out all the stars behind it. My brothers and I swore up and down that we'd seen a UFO. We quickly ran inside and told our mom what we'd witnessed, and that's when she informed us that a blimp came untethered in nearby Akron and was said to be drifting in our direction. That, according to a local radio announcement. I can only assume that is what we witnessed that evening. 
But full disclosure here, I was unable to find any mention of this particular event online, so either my memory is foggy, or it simply wasn't eventful enough to survive on the internet. But at any rate, your further description of a glowing crescent and the craft's ability to perform, as of now, impossible maneuvers caused me to second-guess my initial hypothesis. So that leaves me with nothing other than that you saw a UFO, a flying object that you were not able to identify. Let's just hope that it was, in fact, piloted by beings from another world. Thank you again for calling in, Fernando. And that's going to do it for this episode. But before I sign off, I have a couple reminders. I still need stories to continue. So please give the hotline a call at 1-888-608-NIGHT. That's 1-888-608-6444. As always, you can still submit via the webpage at www.monstersamonguspodcast.com and through the email at monstersamonguspodcast at gmail.com. I still have a few shirts left from the old name, so if you're thinking about picking one up, best hurry before they're gone forever. Do me a favor and rate and review the show on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. A five-star rating and a few nice words only takes a few minutes, but the lasting effect is incredible. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And lastly, music from tonight's episode was provided by Mayu, Kevin McLeod, and Nature World 1986. Thank you all for listening, and until next week.